subconsciously, like we're not aware how it's impacting us. You know, we kind of, we know like, oh, that pile or whatever it might be, or that garage, oh, you know, just drives me nuts. And we, we kind of avoid it. But what I find is people aren't truly aware of the impact it's having on on them. And that could be in your relationships, your, um, your stress levels. Listening to the Maximum Enthusiasm Podcast, the exploration of life fully optimized with Megan Hotman. Hey, Maximum Enthusiasm listeners, welcome back. We are so excited to have a new sponsor joining us on the show. It is C3 Bike Shop. They have two locations here in the Colorado Front Range, one located in Golden on South Golden Road and one located in Denver on Tejon Street. Wade is the owner. He's an amazing dude. I've known him for over 10 years. Our history began together back when he worked at Treads in Lakewood. He went on to start his own store, and he now owns two locations. They are a Cannondale dealer, among other brands. I recently picked up my first e-bike from C3. It's a Stromer, which is a Swiss brand uh, made by the folks over at um, BMC, essentially. Uh, Wade is just an incredible bike expert. When it comes to really building a custom bike, especially if you have certain hubs, certain spokes, certain rims, certain build, um, we were talking the other day about oval chain rings. We were getting all geeked out about how we were going to build up a new road bike for me. And this is really the place to go if you want to have that kind of detail and attention paid to your ride. Wade and his crew are offering our listeners 10% off if you go into either location and you mention my name, the last name Hotman, or the Maximum Enthusiasm podcast. So definitely pay Wade a visit. Be sure to say hello to Brandon down at the Tejon Street, as well as our good friend Lauda as well. And if you meet Wade at either location, be sure to give him a big hug for us. He is one of those outstanding people who, frankly, just makes the world a better place. And so does his bike shop. So do us a favor. Stop in to C3. Make them your local bike shop and tell them you heard about them on the Maximum Enthusiasm podcast. Hey, listeners. Have you ever walked into a room and just had that energetic drain as you looked around? Maybe it was stacks of papers. Maybe it was just stuff. Maybe you had things that were not put away or folded or organized. Maybe there was stuff collecting dust. Maybe you had a visual assault on your eyeballs because of the things plastered all over the walls in front of you. If that sounds even remotely familiar, then this episode today is for you. I, I host a guest named Stephanie Sikora, who just wrote a book, and we talk all about decluttering, taking care of your space, where to put it, how to get rid of it. Um, Stephanie Sikora, her book talks all about these things, and she, in fact, she says this book may just save your marriage. She's the owner of Life Made Simple LLC. She's not only a professional organizer, she actually kind of gets into the psychology and the root of why we acquire things, why we can't quite get rid of them, where to put them, and just as importantly, how do we develop a system to maintain the calm, clean, uncluttered space once we've got it that way. And this whole thing started right after I got back from a trip at the end of 2018. I tore into my garage like a woman possessed and stripped that thing down to the bare walls, took everything out, 
painted all the walls white. They were previously blue, painted the ceiling white, and then hired one of those cool garage floor companies to come in and put down a showroom floor. And my garage looks amazing. It has only what I actually use in it, including my treadmill and my trainer, which is where I do my workouts. And it has my car and it has a few tools hung up and that's it. I also um, built a cabinet or a cupboard, I should say, with front doors because I realized that all the open shelving was just a recipe for clutter and mess. And pretty much everything else either got sold, thrown away, or it's currently listed on Craigslist waiting to be sold. And I feel amazing. And what it, what really I, I noticed was that this is the place that I leave when I start my day and I enter the world. And this is the place that I return for my re-entry before I step back into my home. And it wasn't having a good effect on me. It was having a very negative, visually cluttered energy drain um, effect on me. And so I took some serious steps to change that. And um, frankly, it's just because I refuse to let stuff take my energy. So I spent a little bit of time, spent a little bit of money, put that garage in this amazing white gorgeous condition. And I, of course, intend to keep it just like that. It's basically step one of who knows how many steps as I start to tear into my house and make everything else nice and tidy, just like my garage. I can't tell you how much increased energy I'm already experiencing. And for that reason, I wanted to bring an expert in to tell you how to do this in your home and in your life. So we're going to talk about Stephanie's book. She's going to give you some takeaways. We are definitely having her back on the show for part two, possibly part three. And I'm going to be asking you guys for your questions on our Instagram feed at Maximum Enthusiasm. So make sure you follow along, post your questions. We're going to dig in some uh, topics additionally in the future along the lines of uh, what do you do with paper? What do you do about your schedule? And even how do you get rid of those things that maybe a loved one um, left for you or things that you've inherited after you've lost a family member, let's just say. Um, what do we do with those things with that emotional attachment? So here we go. Starting the 2019 year off right with a declutter um, game plan with my guest, Stephanie Sikora. Um, because there are so many topics that I would really like to discuss and dig in. And I don't know that 30 minutes is going to get us where we want to get to. Um, so we're probably going to do several parts to get awesome. this <laughs> I, I, love, I could talk about this all day. So um, I'm Yay. here for you. Awesome. Well, my guest today is Stephanie. Stephanie, will you say your last name for me? Sakura. Sakura. And um, Stephanie, you are the author of a book that is called... Simplified, a real life guide to organizing your space and saving your sanity. Oh, I love it. And actually your um, subtitle for this book or your, your selling caption is this book may just save your marriage. What's the backstory there? Right. Well, so the work that I get to do is I help people in their homes to, you know, to simplify and create better systems to create more space and energy for what's more meaningful for them. And so I come into people's homes and without even asking I often see, you know, couples or, you know, parents and children just kind of dive into how it's affecting their relationships. And so, and I see people that I've worked with, I see how it has, you know, helped their marriage without even that being the goal, but that they're like, oh my gosh, my husband never seems so happy. And um, uh, so that's kind of the, the joke, but it's really not a joke. So sometimes uh, clutter, for example, has 
even subconscious or unconscious impact on us. And when those things are removed from our life, these other benefits and positive byproducts, it sounds like fall into place, such as a marriage being improved. Absolutely. And I think it is um, subconsciously, like we're not aware how it's impacting us. You know, we kind of, we know like, oh, that pile or whatever it might be, or that garage, oh, you know, just drives me nuts. I mean, we kind of avoid it. But what I find is people aren't truly aware of the impact is having that on, on them. And that could be in your relationships, your, um, your stress levels. You know, there's lots of studies out there about how it triggers a stress response in the brain. And we know chronic stress is, is not good for us and right. impacts our ability to manage our finances and our overall health and our energy. And so it's often we're not aware that that pile is causing all these issues until we work through it. And we're like, wow, I didn't realize how much that, you know, how grumpy it was making me or how it would make me, you know, uh, a, you know, I wasn't communicating as effectively because I was always stressed by it. And so, yeah, there's all these layers, I feel like, underneath that we're just not aware of it. We just we kind of put it off. And then until we get to the breaking point. And that's actually how this connection happened. I came home from a service trip in Mexico in um, late December, right after Christmas. And I basically walked into my house and upon re-entry, so many emotions, the most pressing and the way I've described it to friends is I have almost this manic, overwhelming compulsion to get rid of all my stuff. It is all of a sudden causing such anxiety, claustrophobia. I wouldn't even Mm -hmm. say that my house is messy or cluttered to begin with, but suddenly it's like the stuff started closing in on me. And as you and I have chatted by email in anticipation of the show, I spent basically two weeks gutting my garage, painting the walls white, getting rid of virtually everything out there. I redid the floors and anything that I'm not using or that isn't serving me has either been donated, listed on Craigslist or thrown away. And there's almost nothing in my garage right now. I just got off the treadmill from a run before our show and I was just out there reflecting on how happy that open white space made me feel. And that was, that was what led you and I to connect. And, um, I guess what I want to start with is my initial very limited research shows me that women actually suffer a lot more from clutter than men, and it's been directly linked to anxiety and depression. Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. And and I'll say that, um, you know, great job tackling the garage because a lot of people can't do that. And I'm so glad that you're experiencing those benefits and oh, that, yeah. you know, is the motivation I to keep it, you know, keep it that white space exactly. for you. and. Um, you know, so yeah, I work primarily with women that I do work with men, but most women, you know, it's mostly women reaching out to me to help them. And because often we're the ones, um, you know, managing the house and that kind of thing. And, um, but there is actually some, you know, research, but I will say, actually, I'll back up and I'll say this. Sometimes I go into people's houses and they say, my husband, it's driving my husband nuts. That's why I'm asking for help. And so I, I I won't just say it's women, but there are some men that it does, um, you know, that the clutter, we say clutter, it's like piles, you know, often people think of yeah. clutter as, you know, hoarding and it's not yeah. like, it could just be a pile of papers. Yep. Um, but there, there is actually, um, I was reading an article and they were saying that the cortisol release is different in women than men linked to clutter. And we know that that cortisol releases that stress hormone and causes the anxiety and depression, those kind of things. And, um, and so, and I, I think it's interesting because I'm like, is it that the men don't is it there? Are they not triggered or they're triggered, right. but there's not a cortisol release? I would love to know more about that. Yeah. But, but absolutely, there's a lot of literature out there saying how it does affect women more than men. And I don't know really what's behind it, but I will say what I see in the work I do in the literature, I would absolutely agree. And I've just felt it myself, even from this 
this, um, you know, what's begun the, the eradication of stuff from my house. I feel like I'm on step one of like 20, um, but the garage being the place that I leave and start my day from, mm-hmm. whether it's on my bike or by car, and then the place where I re-enter my home and start my evening. And my walls were so covered in stuff. And it, it was almost like I was getting smacked in the face just for purposes of describing the energy suck. And I realized I can't believe I'm letting stuff and possessions take this from me. And then the irony was you and I talked on email. Um, now I'm trying to dispose of sort of more expensive items that are actually hard to sell. Um, for example, a really expensive, nice watch. Um, you, you know, there's difficulty getting rid of some of these things because if you put it on eBay, you could get totally scammed and you've got Craigslist people coming to your house. And um, it's like this now this, you know, first world problem for sure. But just we let this stuff come into our lives and then it becomes such a struggle with how to get it out. <laughs> Absolutely. So what are some of the first initial steps that you recommend someone take if they have never really broached the subject or even tried to tackle their house or their garage? Well, I think it's interesting what you said that you were talking about. You're like, you're on step one of 20. And I, I would say probably one step of a hundred. Cause I really see it as yeah. a journey just with our, you know, with our world, how things are just constantly coming in and, um, you know, so that I say it's a journey. It's not kind of, it's not a one and done event. I no. mean, maybe your garage, I mean, it's not, this sounds fabulous. I can't wait to see your garage and, <laughs> um, you know, but it really is a journey. And so we're all on step, you know, one of whatever really. And, yep. um, and that I love that also that you talked about the, the garage and this will lead to how I tell people to start because I say, think about that space that really is, is causing you that sense of anxiety or really driving you nuts that, um, you know, often I say either start small or start with that space that's really bugging you. And yeah. I love the garage because, you know, I've helped a lot of people in those spaces because it is your first point of entry when you're coming into your home and people talk about how they're like, Oh, I would just feel the, and then they walk yeah. into the house. That was a very technical term I was using there. Um, but they would walk into the house and they're already grumpy. And then you see, you know, your family, your partner, your pet, yeah. and you're just, you know, you're not showing up as the best version of yourself. And so, you know, I love that you tackled that area. Um, and it can be, that can be really daunting for some people. So often I say, start small, start where, you know, tell me about the spaces that are really bugging you. And they're like, well, this closet or this entry or this kitchen, this drawer. And I'm like, all right, then, you know, let's start small, especially if you're doing it on your own, because most people, when they're ready to do this, they're in this sense of, they're experiencing this sense of overwhelm. And yep. when we're experiencing overwhelm, our brain is not thinking like, I've got this, you know, we're not optimistic. Yeah. We're more like, I don't even know what to do. I don't even know where to start. And that's usually where people reach out to me because they're like, okay, I know this space is driving me nuts and I want to do something about it, but I just don't know how to start or where to start or I start and I can't finish. And, uh, and that's often when I tell people, okay, let's pick, you know, prioritize those spaces that are really getting to you because you're going to feel that instant relief. So if it's, you know, oh, let's tackle, I don't know, let's just say like a closet, you know, upstairs in a guest room that you never really ever see. That's great. But like start with a space that you're going to, you know, have that instant gratification because from that, your brain's going to be like, oh my God, this feels amazing. I feel motivated. And you'll have that momentum to keep going. And so often I say, you know, start with that low hanging fruit and then, you know, and if you're, if you're really feeling overwhelmed, just start with a small space because you will experience a benefit on um, that relief, even just from that small space. That makes perfect sense. And it's funny because as you describe that, I'm thinking, yes, that methodology sounds very appropriate in bite-sized steps. And then I'm laughing because I'm like on or off. Yeah. <laughs> I go from one to 10. <laughs> and so 
<laughs> it's not surprising that I, I it just eliminated right. everything. And you took the garage. The yeah. Biggest space in the house. But, but to your point about instant gratification, it's as though it lit a fire under me where now the rest of my house is absolutely under siege. And, um, and I'm just, it's like, I'm taking the scorched earth approach. I just can't get rid of stuff quickly mm-hmm. enough because I feel my energy lift and, um, just a sense of joy and just, um, lightness. And I guess that's where this all really starts for me is there's a quote in the fight club where Tyler Durden says, be careful what you own because it will own you. Mm-hmm. And I've checked in with just the energy that our stuff takes from us, whether it's from a maintenance standpoint or upkeep or cleaning or washing or changing batteries or charging or oil change or, um, storage or whatever you like, you buy this thing and you spend money on it and then it continues to take from you unless you really truly experience joy from the Mm -hmm. thing. And I've become pretty sensitive to that almost to the point where I feel like you have to kind of be the bastion of your own home and keep things out (laughs) that you don't want coming in, taking your energy. So for example, I do a lot of bike races. Oftentimes they give us goodie bags and race t-shirts and these bags are full of like stickers and chapstick and coffee mugs or whatever. And I've almost developed this complete like zero tolerance policy because once that stuff is in your house, it becomes this whole other thing then, you know, for eternity. So what advice do you give people? Like once you've got your space dialed, how do you keep it that way? Yeah. And I, you know, what I use with my own family, because I went on this, my own journey to simplify. And I was the same way. I was like, get rid, like literally my children were like holding on to their dear toys because they were afraid I was just going to get, I was like, get rid of everything. And, um, I did the dog was scared. Everyone was a little scared, but, um, but you know, so the, I, you know, the three steps is simplify. So go through that space, whatever that space is that bugging, let's say your garage and inventory, what's there, what can, you know, what stays, what goes, and there's different, you know, filters you run it through, depending on what resonates with you. Does it bring values or bring joy, whatever that might be. And then building a system. So I, that's a piece I like to add is that, you know, we might get rid of all our stuff, but we still need to function in our space. And so I often see, you know, a lot of, you know, women, um, and even men that are like, oh my gosh, you know, I can't, you know, I don't, I can't get out the door or this, you know, so I look at, you know, okay, if it's your entryway, um, again, simplifying it and then let's build a system. Now that you, we know what's staying here and what adds value to your day or your morning, where is the right place to put it? And based on your behaviors and the flow and habits, um, really helping to create a system that makes it easy. Cause you were talking about brain drain and, or you talked about the yeah. energy stock and I was in they also call it like brain drain and our space, when our space has, you know, stuff that kind of bugs us or whatever it might be, or if we're, um, you know, we lack systems, it really does start to suck that energy out of our brain. And with our world being so distracting, there's so many things coming at us. Um, it really triggers our brain in a way that it literally does suck the energy out of it. So I'm like, how can we streamline things in our own environment that is trying to conserve that energy so that we have it to be, you know, more creative or more patient or, more optimistic, like, yes, I have the energy to go for this bike ride versus being like, oh, I'm just going to sit here because, you know, what's the point? Um, Exactly. And then, so after building that system to give you more energy, then it's about, I I love what you're already talking about. How do you maintain that? And one of the things I talk about is being really intentional about what you bring in because you went through all this. And that's why I say it's a journey. I'm like, you went through all this work to let go of things, build these systems. Maybe you invested, you know, your time or you invested money to do this. Like, let's, how do we stop it from falling apart next week? And that I would say is being really intentional about what you bring in 
And it's funny because my husband loves free stuff and it drives me nuts. And, like, uh, and he, yes. but, but we have a system. He brings it in and I throw it away, you know, and which I would say it's not a good thing for the environment, but I'm like, he's not going to stop bringing it in. Like it doesn't bug yeah. him, but, but I noticed, but I've noticed people I work with now, they're like, oh, they think about, you know, just because it's on sale, you don't have to buy it or don't bring the free stuff right. in or really thinking about, is this adding value? Because we bring so much stuff in. And I like to look at the journey of an item in your home. And like you said, we do all this stuff to maintain it or to store it or whatever. And is it actually adding value to our life? And 80% of the time, the answer is no. And so really thinking about as we move forward, you know, being really intentional about what you bring in and then also just adjusting your systems because, you know, and inevitably things are going to come in. Like I have small children and I think things just come through the air ducts because I don't know where it comes from sometimes. But, of um, so I just have to be really intentional about going through stuff. I'm like, okay, winter's over. I'm going to go through this bin of gloves and get rid yeah. of, you know, whatever it is. But so it's going through our stuff and, you know, continue to go through it periodically. And then also just be intentional about what you bring in. Yeah. Well, I love um, what you say about systems and I'm curious if you have um, just a couple examples and I was trying to think like, what are my systems? And one is the one I shared where if I'm at a race and I get a, and the promoter tries to offer me a bag, I'll usually decline the t-shirt unless I can tell it's going to become one of my top 10. And I have a rule that every t-shirt that comes in two have to go out and then um, leave the goodie bag there for someone else. Mm-hmm. I don't even let it get to my car. And another one of my rules is when I check the mail, it stops in the garage and only the stuff that needs my attention, like bills, um, comes in. And so the rest stays in the garage. It goes straight into the recycling bin. Like it never comes into the house. I feel like clutter attracts clutter. So once it's on the countertop, all of a sudden all this other shit starts joining it. And then now the counter's full of crap. And then that's where I start to get my, my brain drained. So what are a few examples of like really easy systems that you've seen a few of your clients adopt? Well, I think it's a perfect example about the mail. Cause I, I get a lot of requests for, can you help me with a filing system? I'm like, well, before we create a filing system, mm-hmm. let's figure out why the paper's coming in. And does that right. paper need to come in? And nowadays it's so, I think there's, it's minimal really what needs to come in once we go through an inventory. So I love what you're doing is that if it's not coming into the house, that's what I always tell people, or if it doesn't need to come into the house, you know, have a recycling bin right by that door. What door do you come in? If you go to get the mail, you come in the garage, come in the front door and have a bin right there. Because if you bring it in and then you put it on the counter and then, you know, like I'll sort it later. I'm like, okay, so you touched it once. Now you're going to touch it again. And maybe it's going to sit there for three weeks and accumulate more paper. And then you're overwhelmed, you know? So like you see this journey and then ultimately it's just going into the recycling bin. I'm like, let's back way up. And go through it right then and there because it's less overwhelming, you know, cause it's not a huge pile. So getting rid of what you don't need. And then I also, when I work with people on papers is really looking and saying, okay, what is ending up in this pile? And like I was saying, does it need to come in? Is there a way to eliminate this paper? As we know with like, you know, automated bills or, you know, paperless, yep. whatever it is. Cause often it's fear. Well, if I don't have this paper, I won't know. And, um, you know, so working through that understanding, cause it's not a one size fit all approach to so really understanding how does your brain function like, where would you look for this? Or, you know, how do we remind you it's a bill? You know, you have a bill due without having that physical paper. And so that's what I often say with papers. I'm like, how do we really look upstream and eliminate what's coming in? So then when you do have mail coming in, it's, we can get rid of what doesn't need to be there. And then having a specific place, things that need action, it has a specific place so that it's not, it's not sitting on the counter, accumulating more paper. And also it has a visual cue that you need to do something with this because we'll be like, right. I need to pay this. And we put it in a pile and we forget because there's also, you know, things that we don't even need on top of them. So 
Um, yeah. you know, that's one. And then entryways are another, you know, like entryways. And I would say kitchens are the two biggest areas I help, but I'll talk about like entryways because as we come in, because when we leave in the morning that, you know, for me with two small kids or anyone who, you know, does a lot, it wants to exercise in the morning, that kind of thing, having your entryway set up to make it really efficient for you to get out gives you that time, um, to, you know, to get in that ride or get in that run. And, and for me, it's, so I'm not yelling at my children. And so having very specific homes in the entryway, and I tell people the entryway should just, it should be current. So only those things that you are utilizing, it's not a storage space. And, you know, Uh obviously that's a luxury if you have, you know, another closet you can store out of season things, but really thinking about what are we using right now? Because, when there's too much stuff, like you said, then it just turns into piles and clutter. It's like, you want to be able to find what you need, your keys, your sunglasses, your wallet, you know, the jacket, your shoes, whatever's in season. So you can get what you need and get out because when we can't, that's when it starts to trigger that stress response. We're already stressed. Yeah. You know, we get in the car, it just starts your day. We're going out into the world grumpy already. And we haven't, you know, yeah. haven't even finished our first cup of coffee. Um, so those are two. And then I'll just add like the kitchen is another space that is highly utilized and should be a space that really creates, you know, a positive, joyful experience. Like I love being in my kitchen and I have it set up. So it's, I'm focusing on cooking and not cleaning it, putting away dishes. So just right. putting things in a place that makes sense and, and not having like 10 spatulas too also helps. So I often, right. I often have a lot of people totally. like, so tell me about the eight spatulas. Like, yeah. Tell me about them. You could literally not use those all in one way. Yes, exactly. I was talking to someone the other day and he's like, I was like, what's with all the knives? He's like, you never know when I might want to cut with two hands. And I'm like, yeah, that's never going to happen. So yes. So yeah. those are some places and examples of systems that just help you to do what you need to do in that space, but without, without that energy sucker, that brain drain. I love it. Well, and one of the other things, um, of course, is the closet and the, and the clothes and the things that we buy for our bodies. And, um, one of the other sort of personal reflections I've had lately is the ease with which an item can be spontaneously purchased, maybe not even tried on, maybe tried on, doesn't fit quite right, but I'm sure it will later. Impulse buy, it's on sale. I'm in a hurry. I'm not being thoughtful with this purchase. This whimsical acquisition, and then suddenly this thing is in your house that I bet consumes two or three hours of an owner's time. By the time Mm -hmm. you try it on two or three times, you remember it still doesn't fit right. And then you go through this mental um, gymnastics of, do I take it to Goodwill? Do I donate to a women's shelter? I don't know. I'm just going to put it back in my closet for right Mm -hmm. now. Um, I mean, that that ludicrous circle has stopped me dead in my tracks um, to the point where, you know, nothing's coming in my home clothing wise, unless I spent time trying it on, I feel amazing in it. It fits me like a glove. It's well-made. It's going to last. And if it doesn't fit like all of those qualifications, it's not happening. Mm -hmm. So how do you stop people from filling up their closet with stuff they're never going to wear? Well, I think experiencing, like you said, like experiencing that feeling of what it's like to let go of things. Cause, um, you know, let go of them realize you don't need them. And I've seen people, you know, again, talking about the journey of an item and your, you know, that you purchase that serves zero value and is actually taking so much from you. You know, I see people, they purchase things and then their closet is full. So they can't even find what they enjoy, you know, what they actually enjoy wearing and then getting dressed is a stressful situation because you can't find anything and it takes too much time. And, and then, you know, then they call me and then I come in and help them and go through all the stuff. So that's taking time and energy. And then we end up returning it. I'm like, so you, you know, you think about that whole journey of those things. And, Ugh. and the same thing is we only really wear 20% of our wardrobe. And it's, um, I think when people yep. experience that, 
um, you know, the benefits of it. Cause I really think again, you know, if I haven't done a study, but when I get, I'm going to do a lot of studies when I get funding, but one will be that, you know, with purchasing items, that quick purchase, whatever it might be, or getting a deal, there's the dopamine release. And I yes. think things start to switch. Like we literally, I'm like, we rewire our brains when we simplify our space. And when we start to experience, and maybe this is what you're experiencing is I'm like, I think there's a dopamine release. Like for me, when I don't buy something or when I get rid of something, I yes. get that dopamine release. And, but it took a shift. Cause I used to be like, Oh, well look, it's five, $5. I'll buy it, whatever. And then I never wear it. And yep. Um, you know, once you go through the process of getting rid of that stuff, just like you, when you have a food allergy and you remove that food item, you're like, this feels amazing. Like, even though I love ice cream, yes. I am not going to eat it because this feels amazing. And I think it's the right. same thing. Once you experience that sensation, your brain, you're quieting that stress response. You know, this beautiful part of your brain is waking up and you're like, this feels so good. And it, I think that yep. motivates you to be more intentional about buying those, you know, buying those items and, and really asking yourself, you know, do, do, do I love this item? And if it's like, no, and that's really what I use. I'm like, do I really need it? Do I, you know, and do I love it is, um, nope. is a thing, but I'll admit like I'm content with, you know, I don't necessarily have a capsule wardrobe, but I have a very small wardrobe and I'm content with it. It's easier for me. And, you know, that's why like, you know, Steve jobs and, you know, Einstein, all these people, they, yep. they don't want decision fatigue the same thing yeah, every day. because yep. literally I probably, <laughs> I kind of do the same thing, not as extreme, but, and I'm so happy. And so I think that people experiencing the benefits of it, I think that's, what's really the motivator of like, I don't really need this because I've, I've seen what it can turn into and I see all the work it takes to get it out. Right. Well, and like you said, it's just like a nutritional decision, whether you call it dieting or just lifestyle change, what you gain is so much more than what you give up. And so it stops being an issue of deprivation and it starts becoming an issue of optimization mm -hmm. and thriving in your life and thriving in your space. And to your point about decision fatigue, um, you know, we use up five or six of our daily decisions, just deciding what clothes to wear and, for, you know, what accessories to wear and what shoes to wear. And that's like six decisions right there um, before you even come downstairs. What a shame to not have that energy and bandwidth for the more important decisions later on. And um, now that my garage is done, my basement's next. And then my closet is after that because it, it's least on my list of concerns. But um, I will say that just knowing there are only the items in a closet that are the ones that I love to wear, where I could literally walk in with my eyes closed mm -hmm. and pull something off of a hanger and know that I would love it, how freeing that would be and how much less time consuming it would be to get ready for my day. For sure. And think what, you know, it, sometimes we're like, oh, it, you know, it might just be five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it is. But over a course of a year, five minutes a day, five days a week is 22 hours in a year. Like, and think about oh that multiplied by however many you know, areas you do that in your home. And, you know, I had a client right. where she, you know, we went through the closet, we got rid of a lot of stuff. And, you know, again, we didn't plan for this, but she's like, I, I can get ready faster now. Cause it was just stressing her out getting ready yeah. because I get ready faster now. And then I go sit down with my children. I actually sit with them and have breakfast. And that might seem like a small That's thing, awesome. but I'm, what I truly believe is if we slow down, if we simplify our lives, if we slow down, we have this greater opportunity for connection. And I think we are hardwired for it. And that's what we need as individuals because, you know, life is hard enough, but connection is so powerful. And especially if we can sit down and connect with people as they go to start their day, it's, you know, and then yeah. that just carries on throughout the day. And I was, you know, that I'm like, that's it right there. That's what it's about. That's it. It's interesting you say that because that's actually been a theme of my last year where I eliminated so many things um, like time commitments from my life that I had time to be present when 
the 70 or 80 year old man mm-hmm. wants to talk to me in the grocery store and the old me would have rushed been like, okay, yeah, nice to talk. To, okay. I got to go. And then I would have missed the whole thing. And like, now I just show up and unless I actually have to be somewhere, I'll, I'll make time and space for those conversations with strangers. And pretty much a hundred percent of the time they have made my day. They have changed my world. They've put a huge smile on my face and you know, you have to, you have to have the white space in your day and in your energy for that connection Um, So I love what you're saying about not only decluttering your stuff, but also how it frees up time in your life to be a better human. Um, And so what are some of the things that you've seen among the clients that you've helped? Like how have you watched their life or their personality shift from this? Yeah, I'm fortunate that I've seen, you know, a lot of things and I'll, you know, I mentioned a couple examples of just greater connection with, you know, and families and I've seen people, um, you know, they didn't even realize like how the the chaos of their space was was holding them back from you know getting out and running and like again that wasn't the plan i want to clear my space so i go running but that it's like wow i feel like i have the time and the energy and i want to i want to do it um, yeah. you know that and just you know seeing i had one client where she was saying how she didn't uh, we worked on her kitchen. We really simplified it. We set it up so how they used it and she's like now my 9 year old puts puts stuff away at the end of the evening. And she's like, and I actually get to sit down and relax. She's like, so then I show up as a mom I want to be because I'm not rushing around and, you know, and feeling, feeling taken care of. And so it's just really seeing people um, pursue things that they didn't know that they were, you know, kind of holding themselves back from. Um, and then just a greater connection, just really slowing down. And that's what started me, like myself, I started on this journey because I noticed I was just rushing through life and I really wanted to slow down and be present for my children. I was like, I was, I'm missing out on the important things. And that's just sitting down and coloring, you know, whatever it might be after dinner or in the morning. But I was just rushing around and missing out on those small moments. But yeah, those are the, the really big moments. And, um, and that's just, that's really what I've been seeing with people is it's just the ability to slow down, be more present and just have the energy for what's really important in life. And as you're talking, I'm just thinking how many of our societal ills, some of the simplicity and slowing down could cure um, just from anxiety and depression and just our disconnect from each other and lo- the sense of loneliness increasing, you know, substantially and, and so many other things, health, mm-hmm. health problems, um, mental illness. I mean, so many things, right. And, and at its core, it comes down to stuff and, whether it's first world problems or whether we're just so busy that we think consumption can solve our mm-hmm. our problems or our you know our unhappiness or you know whatever it is at its core i guess where i started to kind of wake up to this was i was getting really resentful of the fact that stuff was taking my life from me without my permission and it's one thing when you acquire something and you just adore it and you love it um, like right now, my obsession is a 1969 Pontiac <laughs> GTO. Um, yeah. You know, that'd be amazing to own a car like that. But I'm the first one to admit that it would also cost me a lot of money. It would cost me a lot of time with upkeep and maintenance. And um, it, that's become my evaluation process is how much time and money is this thing about to take from me after acquisition? And does that outweigh or is my happiness more than what that time and money is? And really, it's like, are you going to let your stuff take mm-hmm. your life from you? And I think that starts to make the purchasing decision so much easier for me. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think it's, it, but first you have to have the awareness of that, 
it's doing that or it has the potential to do that. And that's, you know, that's a really tough, um, you know, shift for some people. And so it's, but I think it's becoming, there's a greater awareness, like more and more people are like, Oh, you know, this is how that stuff is actually affecting you. So I'm excited to hear that more people are becoming aware because, you know, you see really powerful things can happen, but it's definitely the first step is just the awareness of how it's affecting you and what, you know, possibly can happen with letting go. But it's, there's a lot of overwhelmed fear and guilt that get in the way of letting go of things. Right. And one of the things that we haven't talked about, and I suspect we could dig into this more in part two, would be, you know, things that you've inherited, family heirlooms, things that you've received from friends or family that have emotional significance. It could even just be letters mm-hmm. or, or paper things that you're not quite sure what to do with. And, um, you know, I don't suffer a whole lot from emotional uh, connection to things once I decide I don't want and I'm pretty clear cut on just getting rid of it. Um, but I can imagine that there are some you know, difficult decisions that people have to make, especially when they inherit things from, from, you know, um, parents who've passed away or something like that. And I think that would be really interesting to dig into. Um, but to kind of leave our, our listeners with some takeaways from this part one. So, um, first of all, I assume that your book talks a lot more about these things in depth and that that's a great starting point. Yes, absolutely. And where can reader or where can listeners find your book? So it is available on Amazon and it is in paperback and in Kindle version. Awesome. And we will include a link to that on the Maximum Enthusiasm website. And once again, the book is called Simplified, A Real-Life Guide to Organizing Your Space and Saving Your Sanity. So I think that's definitely a book I'm going to be adding to my Amazon cart, and I can't wait to check that out. Um, And then, of course, a second step would be to consider hiring someone like yourself, a a professional, to come in and really kind of help a person take stock of the situation. Yeah, absolutely. Helping, um, like I said, it's mostly to help people work through the overwhelm and come in with a very clearly defined plan helps to, you know, helps to Uh get people moving and start gaining uh, that momentum. Gotcha. They kind of get that analysis paralysis and you come in and just start. Exactly. Yeah. Just get get the the wheels moving. moving. So, and, um, and I did want to add that, um, I was inspired with, you know, you and your garage, which I think is awesome. And so I know you've been talking about that. So I do have, um, a garage guide. Mm -hmm. So really how to, to tackle the garage and that's, um, that is on my website. So happy to share that. And um, you can share that link in the show notes too, maybe. Absolutely. I will. Thank you. That'll be really timely. And I will share my, my yeah. garage before and after. Um, uh, that's just been such a revolutionary uh, project for me. I can't recommend it enough to our listeners. Um, and I think actually I, I enjoyed a lot of personal satisfaction from it being such a big project and kind of having to get it done. It wasn't something I could just stop mid mid project because, um, right. just being able to pull my car in and and do my things, right? Like you can't just leave that thing midstream. Um, and I went so far as to hire a company to come in and do the epoxy floors. So now all I have to do is squeegee it out and it's just fantastic. It just, it's, it's like a, it's like a showroom garage and it just makes me so happy and it's, it's going to continue to incentivize me to keep it clean. Um, and so I think, you know, that speaks for the space itself is that you want to kind of set yourself up for success. And I imagine that's yes, part of your absolutely. Plan. Creating a space. I love how you truly, you, you know, you painted it white. And we talk about when we simplify, we create this white space, yeah. which we need in our life. And this literally is your white space. I love it. It really is. Yeah, the walls before were blue and the floor was blue. And um, and now, yeah, it's just all white with this this gorgeous floor. And 
And it's, um, I mean, you can yeah. just hear it in my voice. Like it just makes me, I just hang out. Well, yeah, <laughs> but it's also, it's not just where I pull my car in and out or I pull my bike in and out. It's also where I work out. I have a treadmill out there and that's where I do my indoor bike um, workouts. And so there's a lot of time when I'm exercising, but my eyes are looking at things. And that's when I really started to become aware of what that space was doing to me. And, um, and so anyway, I guess I just had some extra time to reflect on that. And that kind of just kicked me in gear. Um, so I think what I'd like to do, Stephanie, is um, kind of tee you up for part two. I'm going to maybe elicit some questions from our listeners by Instagram and see if they have some specific inquiry for you. Um, but is there a final thought or takeaway that you'd like to leave them with as we wrap up this part one? I, you know, I would just say what I, you know, I've already mentioned is that just, you know, really stepping back and thinking about if, if you notice the space is is triggering you in a way is to not ignore it. And it, if you're feeling overwhelmed is just to start small. I mean, I think it's amazing what you do with your garage and some people can do that, but if you're feeling overwhelmed, just taking one small step will make a difference and that will just get things moving for you. But there's so much to gain from simplifying, whether it's a physical space or it's, you know, your digital or your calendar, whatever it might be, but just, uh, you know, creating space oh. for you just to slow down. Um, there's just so many benefits from it. So that's really cool. Well, and one of the ways that we often wrap up the show, and I think it's appropriate on the heels of that comment, is um, I'm a big believer in Stephen Covey, begin with end in mind. And, and although it seems morbid, the reality is that we will all ultimately have a funeral in our in our name. And, um, and, at, and when that day comes, what do you hope that the legacy is? And what do you hope that people will say about you in terms of this impact that you're well, having? You know, it's funny world? because a quote I like from Stephen Covey is, live, love, and live, love, learn, and leave a legacy. And, you know, and I hope, uh -huh. I hope I do that. And, you know, we're leaving a legacy or, you know, that I demonstrated that my ability to live, love and learn. And I've already, you know, heard from some people how it's, the book is impacting them and, you know, helping them to realize what they've been experiencing. And I'm just, I mean, I'm just, I'm just blown away. And so I think, um, you know, being able to leave a legacy, knowing that I helped people to create connection would, would be more than, you know, would be more yeah. than I could ask for. Yeah. Well, you truly are. You're helping people thrive in their life and enjoy deeper and more meaningful connections with the people in their lives by virtue of, you know, eliminating or reducing that clutter and that complexity. So I think that's a pretty powerful legacy to be leaving. I'm so glad you put some of this in book form to share it with as many people as possible. And we're certainly excited to push you out across the uh, airwaves into people's earbuds. So um, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm really excited to keep checking in with you on these things and um, to sort of hold myself accountable to have a new project to share with you awesome. next time we Yeah, talk. thank you so much, Megan. <laughs> and, and, um, yeah, and real quick, Stephanie, what is the link to your website? We'll also have it on our website, but for those that are just sure, listening, yeah, it is what is life it? Made simple at home Right on. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is Stephanie, and she wants to help you simplify your life. So I hope you'll check her out. Thanks again for your time, and we will be in touch for part two shortly. Thank you for listening to Maximum Enthusiasm with Megan Hoppin. Subscribe, check out our blog, and learn more at MaximumEnthusiasm.com.